You are listening to Motherhood on Tap, the podcast where two mamas watch a lot of documentaries and judge a lot of other parents in the process. Yes. Yes. I'm Sarah Duncan. And I'm Pamela Walker-Dees. Hi! Hi! And we are here to bring you a special mini-sode. I don't know how many it'll be, though, as we, like, get our raging anger yeah. fire going. We we use the term mini-sode <laughs> very loosely and generously on this. It basically just means, hey, we weren't really planning for this, but let's talk about some stuff. Yeah, actually, you know, a.k.a. Pamela didn't get a chance to watch the documentary this week, and she didn't want to, like, put off the recording time. Can I confess something? 99.5% of the time when you text me to say you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, I'm sitting there like, oh, thank God I didn't either. <laughs> I mean, yes, you are definitely holding things up. You're a monster! But since we just released our uh, review of The Queen Mother, mm-hmm. um. We just had the Oprah interview with Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Yes, which I admit when you texted me about this this morning, I had not watched it yet. But I was like, I think I actually need to tune into this because I'm not someone who I'm not someone who like avidly follows the royal family or anything like that. But the fact um, the fact that they stepped away from the royal family for reasons that I didn't really fully understand or know about until I listened to this interview. I I remember thinking, okay, there's there's more to this story. Like there's always more to this story than what the tabloids are showing anyway. Or, or any part of the press. Yeah. Like Britney Spears, for instance. That's a whole other Ooh, topic. Oh, that's though. another topic on another day. Maybe we'll do Girl, that one. We might need to. Because she's a mama. Yes. It counts. And her her piss poor daddy being her conservator. Conservator. Oh my gosh. That's that's a new word in my vocabulary and it's not my least favorite word. See, and I have some experience with the conservator because my parents have had to go through that with their parents as mm. elderly. And again, still don't understand why she is 40 years old and still ha- anyway, anyway we're gonna get we're not gonna go there we're gonna go down the road of but, prince harry and Meghan markle yes and everyone knows you know oprah's a damn good interviewer oh she, fire people trust her they open up to her and i'm like okay there's i am interested in what these two have to say and i'm interested in how oprah's going to present it so yes. i'm like yep yeah. when so when you texted me this morning you're like hey why don't we like watch this and just give our feedback on it? I'm like, yes. I immediately went and found it and watched it and was like trying not to cry the whole time. Yeah, I was trying not to cry. Well, before we continue, we have to address what we're drinking. Yes. You're getting slack on that. We 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 slash I am. <laughs> so it's Sarah's wine, so I'm gonna let her present it. So we are drinking Villa de Mare. Villa 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 de Mare. Yeah. Villa de Villa <laughs> is if it's Italian Villa it, de Mare. It'd be Villa de Mare. Product of Italy. Yay. Yes. No wonder it's so good. The grapes are fresh. It is a 2019 white one. And it says the bouquet is intense aromatic with gentle tropical fruit notes, a unique united concentration of fruit and minerals. Great to be sipped and company but excellent with fish and mediterranean salads or a pound of ribeye as in my case (laughs) 
serve at 45 degrees Fahrenheit or whatever temperature my wine fridge happens to be. <laughs> Cheers! Cheers! Meanwhile, as you're reading all that, all I can think is I take a sip and it makes my tongue tingle and I'm like, that's the perfect white wine. It's good because it's not too sweet. It's not too dry. It's like that nice middle ground. It's almost like a Riesling. It really is. That's a, It deserves another taste. It does too. Cheers. Yes. Did I ever mention that Sabrina and Aurora have seen, like, they've seen people cheers enough or me do it to uh-huh. other people enough that they do that now? Aww. They're in the back seat with their water bottles. And Aurora's like, let's do cheers, Sabrina. And she's like, okay. And they're like, cheers. <laughs> cheers. And then they, like, turn it up and, like, have their pinkies out. It's really... <laughs> It's precious. And this is why I love your family so much. Oh, gosh. Meanwhile, and, and Brianna's like, you know, in the ah, rear face. Ah, 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 yeah, ah. she's in the rear face in car seat. And she, like, throws her arms up. And she's like, woo. She learns what she, she knows cheers. And she just puts her arms up and goes, woo. Because she can't say it. Or she'll go, ta-da. <laughs> oh, she's learned a lot more words lately. So, I'm very proud of her. Riley started saying, does she? Does she? Or, uh, oh, Daisy. Daisy but oh. does she? It's, and it's very quiet when he says this too. And every once in a while he'll say, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh. Yeah, it's it's definitely in the phase where it's like, if you're, you have to pay close attention and kind of find the context clues for what he's talking about. But every once in a while it's super cute and I just mew. Yeah, when Brianna wants candy, it's num-num. Num-num? <laughs> Num num. <laughs> and then when you're like, okay, you can have one little piece of Kit Kat. She we do, she does what we call the chocolate dance. She sways back and forth and stomps <gasps> her feet and like grins really big. I have to get a video of it. Did I tell you what Daisy's new catchphrase is? Like she has this oh, rotating Rolodex of stuff that she picks up from the adults in her life. And it's not like anything foul mouth, but it's just stuff that you only hear out of an adult's mouth. Yeah. Her- I've got that going in my house too. Go oh, ahead. Sure. And her current one is, I'm sorry, honey. I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> There's no telling which adult in her life she has heard that from i I am sure it must be one of her uh teachers her teachers from daycare that's where my thought went okay yeah and the funny thing is she only uses it on occasions when we are asking her to do something that she doesn't want to do i'm like daisy it doesn't apply to all contexts she's (laughs) really smart she is she's too smart for her own good reminds me of sabrina how sabrina always like figured out context of things and i'm just like how do you know how to use that woman how you do that yeah so bring it back to harry and megan yeah i don't know if we ever actually officially announced it or if we start talking about it yeah we're talking about the oprah interview yes with with harry and and megan and as i said in the queen mother i followed the royals like that Mm -hmm. was my mama loved them my mom loved princess diana we watched she watched their wedding um prince charles and princess diana's wedding um she was pregnant with me at the time that princess diana was pregnant with william Mm -hmm. um i was born before william though i think his birthday is june july-ish something like that and so she felt a really big connection we watched the funeral we bawled i remember sitting my mom literally woke us all up at like four in the morning 
and we all sat in our pajamas um and just just cried mm-hmm. cried with them um yeah so i felt like when i saw that it said prince harry and, and megan are stepping away mm-hmm. my spidey senses were like what there can't be no like i i kind of felt like harry would want that anyway mm-hmm. because he was a he was you know deemed the wild son for a while yeah and i remember that That was kind of my first introduction to him was when he was in that phase yeah that phase and it really was a phase just a young 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 adult yeah yeah and like his brother was the one with all the expectations and was like being groomed for you know wearing the crown eventually and he's just like i'm gonna go do my own thing yeah kind of like on the crown where Princess Margaret's like the heir and the spare. I'm the spare, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go have fun, kind of thing. Right. Um. So when I heard that, I was like, I just something went down. Mm-hmm. And when I saw that Oprah was going to do the interview, and then in the article that said that she was going to do the interview, their friends. She mm-hmm. was actually there for their wedding, which she talks about. Right. And so, um. I was just really like ready to hear about it. Cause I just thought, you know, something was up. I saw some of the tabloid things where, and I'm not putting William or Kate Middleton on blast. I'm just saying that the press made Mm -hmm. Kate to be this golden, you know, we all should strive to be like her. And then she was very much up on the pedestal. Yes. And then Meghan Markle comes and it's like, Oh. Yeah, it was like for a split second she was, she was good. In favor, and and then, then all of a sudden it was just, like not like a complete 360. Yes. So the interview starts out with Oprah laying, like she basically lays it out there that they're not getting, like she asked Meghan Mark all these questions just so it clears the air. Like mm-hmm. they are friends. Um, she doesn't know what she's going to ask. Right. They are not being paid for this interview. Right. They came to Oprah Mm -hmm. to do the, yes, they did come to Oprah to do the interview, but because they wanted to clear the air. But yeah, she, they did not pre-screen any questions. Mm -hmm. They don't have to answer. There's no questions. No, nothing's off limits, though. They don't have to answer it if they don't want to. Right. So those were the ground rules. Those were the out there in the open. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love Megan because she was like, and she's like, okay, let's get started with the interview. Megan was like, what? I thought that was it. Like, let's like, just, just those questions. Like, let's just go. Let's just go. Let's just do this. And for anyone who isn't aware, Megan is currently pregnant with her second child. Yes. And spoiler alert, if you have not watched the interview, they announce it's a girl. Mm-hmm. Which, he's, as just like she was the first time around, she's the most beautiful pregnant woman just, ever. I wish I looked like her when I was pregnant. Like, she really is that glowy, dewy, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I'm i sure we'll come back to this a lot during this, but I I don't really know a whole lot about Meghan Markle, but I got the feeling from watching this, like, she just seems like a cool person. Yes. Like, she seems like someone you would want to be friends with and that you want to have in your life. I got that impression, too. Like, I want to just spend time with her and hang out with her like i never watched uh the show she was on suits i've only seen a few episodes of it and it was like 
a quarantine revisit when I watched some of that stuff, and she was good on it. And yeah, I've heard her, a lot of things her about that. Was, like, definitely, you know, tough. Like, she was not one to be walked all over. But same thing. Like, oh, at, as our friend Ellen Marsh would say, she's a down bitch uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. Well, I think she's no a, in real life. I think she's a down also. bitch. Yes, oh, she's yeah. definitely a down bitch in real life. Down. Bitch. The way that she went to the British press and was like, or went to the institution. Mm-hmm. So, by the way, I couldn't. From the way that they were, they all, her and Harry go back to when they said they spoke to someone, you know, Oprah always says, and who is the someone you spoke to? Right. They say the institution. So I'm going to take that as all of the communications people that surround the queen. That like the bureaucracy of the royal. That the house, like quote unquote, the household, like you see on the crown where, you know, these certain people release things mm-hmm. they speak for the crown yes okay that's i want to make sure that you interpret it about the same way yeah and okay. it does get a little confusing because i feel like they use the terms kind of interchangeably or like they know who they're talking about so they say we spoke to someone and oprah definitely does her best to clarify but even still there were some times where i'm like okay who are we talking about or like are we talking about a position versus a family member versus a and yeah. and then yeah so and she and oprah does try to get them to clarify if it's like is it a group of people is it a family member is it a mm-hmm. single solitary person <laughs> and at times they do mention it it's a family member i think especially megan she was trying to be guarded only in the sense that I think she just didn't want to hurt his family. I really got that sense. Like, yes. she's not trying to hurt the f- their family. She's not here to drum up additional drama for other people. She simply wants to tell their side of the story and clarify some things. Yes. And so the beginning is basically Megan is explaining how everything was spun mm-hmm. in a completely different way. Yeah, they yes, they did want to step back, but only because it was just all too much. Mm -hmm. And they thought that they could be, you know, sort of part time royals, which is which is a thing. That's not something there's lots of. Yeah. And they were saying there's lots of part time royals, you know, and they also live in different areas of the Commonwealth. That's why they moved to Canada for a little while was because they thought, okay, that's this is where we're going to go live and we will serve the Royal family here in Canada. Mm-hmm. And that didn't go well. No. So I, I forget exactly what order we touched on. They touched on everything, but we find out that in early 2020, yes, like in January or February, they're living in Canada. The two of them with their baby, Archie, Archie so cute who is i'm sorry but that name archie harrison oh my god he's the cutest little baby i'm sorry yes yeah sorry for such moms such a ma'am well my baby's almost two y'all i I can't take this and we learn that they find out basically through like the bureaucratic part of the royal family yes of the palace that they are being cut off financially and they will no longer have any sort of security. Yes. Like 
physical bodily security. Like imagine secret service for the president and senators yes. and congressmen. Yes. Because, and as Megan says, okay, if you're not going to have security for me, that's fine. I chose to join this family. Archie, I would prefer that you do just because he is the son of a prince. Mm -hmm. And I want you to have security for Harry because I want my husband to be safe. But also, you know, this, he was a prince. He was born into it. He yes. didn't ask to be it. Exactly. And they and no one could give them a straight answer as to why it was being removed. Yes. All they could say was that it was a stretch financially. And she lays it out that this was a this was very scary. Not only like were they losing their security, but pretty much all the press knew where to find them. Yes. Also, this is when covid was starting to ramp up and they had the realization of if the borders locked down yes like there's a chance that the borders are going to lock down and we'll be trapped here where everyone knows where we are but with no security yes like we need to go somewhere where we will be safe so that's when they relocated to la la like literally within weeks i think before lockdown happened and the cutest story is that tyler perry literally yes. calls him up and is like come to my house here in la mm -hmm. and you can use my security yes and so they stayed with him for a few months while they like basically just figured out what they were going to do next like, i don't even think tyler perry was there i think he was in atlanta because he has his whole like production studio out right. there and stuff but i think i mean can I just, I mean, yay for no garbage human on that part. Like, uh -huh. I love Tyler Perry to begin with. Yes. But the fact that he saw two parents. Yes. Who wanted to protect their kid. I'm sorry. Yes. This is one of those parts where I started crying with her when she was just like, there's nothing I want more than to protect my child and my, my husband. Yes. And I know that there's death threats. They're there. Like, yes. I know that the, they're there. And... And yet, and, and, and it's true, like Buckingham Palace, the press, they all knew, like they knew down to like the street that they were living on in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is terrifying. Yes. So, so they kind of went in, not hiding, but kind of low key in LA. Mm -hmm. They were able to go somewhere where they, at a minimum, they knew they would be safe. Yes. There would be security around um, and they could just have a moment to breathe so they could figure out their next steps. Exactly. So then we kind of back up a little bit and we start and Oprah starts asking, okay, how did we even get to this point? So, so we go to the wedding day. Yes. Yeah. Um, she said that she felt really good about the wedding day. You know, like she slept really soundly the night before, which, mm -hmm. you know, you wouldn't figure if you're marrying a prince. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, she thought, well, this, you know, there was always this good press of like, okay, I am the first woman of color, woman of color to join the royal family. Like, I thought, like, here is this door opening. Yes. Um, and things seem generally positive. Like, it she did. Had good reception from the royal family, like better yes. than they were expecting when yes. she met everyone, including the queen. Oh, yes. And it was funny, the funny story they were talking about how she met the queen, like, you know, they they just happened to be all on the same grounds that do, day. Do you know how to curtsy? Yeah, and Prince Harry asked her, like, so it's the, we're gonna meet my grandmother, and she's like, "Great, your grandmother." I mean, she had the same reaction I would I yeah. I would have. Your like, grandmothers are great. I love grandmothers. I love my grandmother. I take care of my grandmother. He's like, but 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 do you know how to curtsy? 
and she's and she sits there and she's like i was thinking like oh that's something you do during like during a royal event you don't do that when you're like at your like you know yeah. son's yeah cottage and he's like no it, it's the queen you curtsy and so prince harry gave her like the quick tutorial and then you uh-huh. how do you say it i never say it right eugenie eugenie princess eugenie eugenie i think yeah um she came out apparently her and megan were friends before she met harry mm-hmm. and was like are you ready do you think you got it she's like okay <laughs> and then she was like and then um Oprah was like, so how do you curtsy to the queen? She was like, very deeply to show um, respect. Yes. Deeply. I love how she said that. Very deeply. (laughs) And Oprah was like, good to know. (laughs) (laughs) And can I just say, I know this sounds really vain to say this, but mauve is really Oprah's color. I really love that sweater. With the the, the gray glasses. And even the lip color and everything. I was dying for that. I love like that, like this almost, not really monochromatic, but it was like. It was was, though, yeah. It was, but in a springy way. I'm just really ready for spring. The palette was on and I'm watching, like, I'm looking at sunny L.A., which it was beautiful today, but I'm looking mm-hmm. at sunny L.A., and I'm like, I could live there. And I, I was spending the whole time going, like, I really want to redo our backyard. Yes, me too. Because <laughs> it was filmed in this beautiful outdoor garden. It was like a mutual friend of theirs. Of yeah, neighbor. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't at Oprah's place, and it wasn't at uh, Megan and Harry's place, but it was, like, right the they had, like, in between. It's hard to explain. They had this gorgeous, like... It wasn't a pergonia. It wasn't a gazebo. It was like the stoned covering with mm-hmm. gravel and these gorgeous like wicker chairs. And there was like a koi pond in the back. And I'm like, I want that. Just not the koi pond. I don't need a mosquito no, we, breeder. We had your husband fill in our koi yeah. pond. That's how much we don't want one. <laughs> oh, my koi pond, I let it dry up. And then I've let my dog like knock the rocks just because I haven't had time to like. <laughs> so he's been like dig. I'm like, yeah, dig it up, Wrigley. Dig it up. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know how it is out in L.A., but a koi pond in North Carolina is what I call a mosquito breeder. It really is. <laughs> There's no need for it. It's, it's completely pointless unless like the bullfrogs start to have like an extinction around here, which I doubt because no. I hear plenty of them around my pool. <laughs> That was the thing that annoyed Matt the most about. Like, I'm a mosquito burr, magnet. Burr. Yes, I so am too. I hated that part, but it was right below our window for when, when we would go to bed. And he would apparently, burr, burr. I couldn't care less, but it would annoy him and be like, goddamn frogs. Shut it. That happened to us when we lived in Greenville because we lived near a swamp. Uh-huh. And there was a bullfrog. And I, I don't know if it made like a it like just kind of would nestle between our bushes and it would just burr, burr at night. And one night Mark just sat up and he was like, shut the fuck up frog. And you never heard of it again. I suddenly have a theory. Yes. So you know how they supposedly women are more sensitive to high pitched tones. Cause evolutionarily speaking, like we're supposed to be like tuned in to hear babies crying and stuff. I guess. Yeah. And men are, because you know how I always hear about men like sleep through their babies crying and like never stir. I wonder if they're more programmed to hear the low tones. To Possibly. Hear, like, approaching danger or something. So bullfrog is the closest thing they have to approaching danger. Right now. Maybe. But for me, I guess because Mark has the, the PTSD and the heightened sense of awareness. Uh, anytime any of them stir, he's awake. 
Meanwhile, I'm no, but (laughs) no, but I'm saying, no, you're probably right. I'm just saying for me and him, our own like personal characteristics, I just don't, I don't see it. Like I don't always hear the kids cry because Mark will be like, I was up half the night with all three of them. And I was like, you were, he was like, you were snoring. I was like, well, screw you. Y'all were conscious? What? I was like, who fed them when they were newborns every hour? Even though I didn't like right? nurse feed, I still had to get up and like fix a bottle and shove it in their mouth and hold them. Right? I don't know why, but I had a thought last night. I was I was getting to bed. Matt's had a bad cold, so he's been sleeping down on the sofa so he could like prop himself up and not like be drowning in mucus all night. Ooh. But- glad glad that that piece of steak he gave me, I decided to just take it off the fork with my fingers. <laughs> So even though he used his fork and now I'm like, I'm going to drink more alcohol and like be able to flush out whatever viral, yeah, kill it all off. But I had that thought getting to bed of like some, for some reason I had a flashback of, you know, when Riley and when Daisy were first born and they would be sleeping in the bassinet in our room. Like just the idea of like, wow, it's so nice to be able to like climb into bed in a room by myself and just, yeah. Have peace and quiet. And starfish on the bed. Just take up all the space. Yes. In our king bed. I love it so much. Yes, for Sabrina's dance competitions. I've tried to convince him to like just him and the younger two stay home for the ones we travel for. And like me and Sabrina will be just fine. Now mm-hmm. I could think is like I'll get a room with two queen beds and we'll both have a bed all to ourselves. <laughs> Um, but he's like, No, I wanna go too, and you know Aurora's gonna wanna go. And I'm like, damn, damn it. <laughs> Mom. This is not about you, it's about me. And Sabrina wants to go to bed at like 8 30, so I would get super sleep. Not having Aurora wake me up at like 5 a.m. before the crack of dawn even happens. Like child, I'm going to velcro you into your bed. <laughs> yes. Yes, the night that she had nightmares, she woke us up at 1230, turned the light on in her room, and she was like, it's time to wake up. We were like, fuck, now I'll go back to bed. Poor thing. At first we were like, it is. You can tell your tired parents. You're like, it is? Yeah, sure, we'll turn on the the TV for you. Then I rolled over, and I was like, it's quarter to one. Mark, put that remote down. He was like, damn it, Rora, why are you? Got a bad episode, and here we are already on a tangent. So now we're okay. Let's just rewind back to yeah, back to the interview. Yeah. So everything was. It seemed like everything was good up through the wedding, and we hear them talking about how like did she really know what she was getting into? And she and Megan admits like I think I was pretty naive about what I was getting into because again, her initial meeting with the family seemed to go really well. They seemed very welcoming to her. I think at first the press was pretty well, about her. the quote unquote institution around her, uh-huh. you know, and they were even saying, well, we will protect you. Yes. We want you to trust us because mm-hmm. we will protect you with the press. And I'm jumping around a little bit, but 
it she they ask oprah asks like okay when did things really feel like they were starting to turn against you and she said it was after their um australian, australian tour. tour which ironically that seems to be when things back in the day for princess diana turned against princess diana after their australian tour and i i it didn't make sense to me back then and it doesn't make sense to me now because for both diana and for megan these tours were considered a triumph like people loved her yes people love megan they love diana and i i don't understand why that is a problem like i kind of understand with diana it doesn't justify it but i understand that there was some like jealousy there both from her husband and from just other people in the family Mm-hmm. But with Megan, like, how does, don't you want her to be successful? Like, isn't that the thing that you hope would happen? That you have someone who would be great at stepping into this role? And history not repeating itself? Yeah. I, I guess I just, I don't understand it. Yeah. And I don't understand it either because Megan was even saying that most of the Commonwealth, mm-hmm. the people are not white. Right. They look like Megan. Mm-hmm. They are black brown biracial right and she was saying not just during the um the south pacific tour but also during their south african tour Mm -hmm. that they loved to meet her because they got to see someone in this position this role Mm -hmm. that looked like them yeah and it made me think of um you know when obama was elected how yes. many kids and like Michelle Obama and like how many kids got to see, you know, she, and she even brought that up, like growing up as an American, yeah. as a person of color, you want to see representation. Exactly. And this is, this is super, super naive and privileged of me to say, but I think the closest thing I've seen to some of this, two instances come to mind. One is when Kamala Harris was sworn into office and it's like, Oh my gosh, a woman in one of the highest offices in our country. Did you cry? Because I cried. (laughs) I almost did. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And this is the part that sounds super dumb even to me. But I remember when Wonder Woman came out and it was like this movie where it was all the women who were kicking ass and who were saving the day and... I wasn't expecting it to be an emotional experience, but I watched it and I was like, wow, it really does feel amazing to see a movie that represents women the way that like makes sense to me and clicks with me. I can only imagine that it's a thousand fold when it's something that is when it's someone who is finally representing your race or your background or something that is much more marginalized than me as a white woman upper middle class white woman yeah (laughs) Yeah. but no i totally got what you're saying and i i get it too um yeah i did tear up mainly because sabrina kept asking me questions about why was there no female vice president until now and and they kept bringing up that kamala harris was a person of color and um it was right around um, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and she was asking me why would somebody want to assassinate him. So I had to have a very high-level 
high level discussion of race in the United States. You want to know what awkward is. Mm -hmm. And it was only awkward because I didn't feel like I had the right to explain it all to her. I felt like I needed to have like someone of color to give their side. So I did the best I could. Mm -hmm. I basically kept it as clinical and like just basically historical as possible. Like, yeah. This is why the Civil War happened. This is when this happened. Civil rights, integration, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, and then she was like, but why? I'm like, I wish I could explain why. People are garbage. I was like, people just have fear of others. They don't understand. Yes. And so above and beyond the positive reception on the tour, it this was also sort of like a big moment potentially for the royal family of like yes we're accepting yes we're we're, modern yeah we're accepting this woman of color into our family and we're showing that we value her as a person we value her background her thoughts her ideas Yes. yes on and on and on and on this was such this could have gone such a different way yeah and that's what's really sad and then it went downhill which and like you said we're jumping around but even prince harry said you know, after that Australia tour, there were rumblings of like, or no, how did Oprah put it? She was just saying, why would they not like Megan? Mm-hmm. And he brought up because she did so well in that tour, mm-hmm. at that tour, the people loved her. And Oprah was, and then Oprah brings up the crown and she's like, this is very similar to the crown. And then she's like, do y'all watch the crown? I don't want to offend you, but do you watch the crown? And what Mm -hmm. I love, I love Harry. He was like, I've watched a few episodes and I'm just like, Um, but that was really an education for me too because that's how i could have that like comparison point in my head yes and she brought that up about you know his mother princess diana and she kind of threw her arms in the air and she was like and she said something very similar to what you said like wouldn't the palace the institution the crown want someone to be liked yeah and the only difference here is that Harry was proud that his yes. wife was being loved compared to the jealousy that Charles was having. Right. Harry was like, he was basically wanting her to, you know, you take it. Like they want you. I'm, and you could, oh my God. Can I also say that I just like melted just the way he looked at her? I know the way they like clearly adore and love and care for each yes. other. It's like that is the kind of, fairy tale story that people should strive for yes like and what i love out of all of this is that they both recognized that something was wrong and they worked together um but yes so he brought that up and i love how oprah just like threw up arms and she was like this makes no sense and he was like i know i know but i agree with you i agree with you but it's a very old institution set in its ways he's like it's a it's a it's a 1200 year old family dynasty Mm mm-hmm so I, I see what he's saying. He's trying to protect his own family. Um, and do, he's definitely empathetic to their plight. And I think. But that's because he's on that end of the. Yeah. And I think even Megan is to a certain degree. But what they're not empathetic to are is the institution part of it. Are yes. The people who are like cogs in the machine who are basically just there to do the job. They're not a part of the family. 
and they really have made a big difference in how all of this, yes. how their marriage and how their relationship with the public has played out. And their relationship with the royal family, like yes. the whole comparisons between her and Kate Middleton. Like when they, when Oprah was doing the yes. side-by-side comparisons of the headlines, the one that made me laugh so much was like how Kate Middleton was praised for eating avocado when she was pregnant. Oh my gosh. But then when Megan did it, she was like basically eating a fruit from a drought war ridden country or something She's like that eating the fruit that is fueling you know yeah. corruption in all these countries and then megan said something that i feel like should be a new phrase that we should all you know uh catch on that's that's a big load of toast yeah, that's a that's a very loaded toast. That's a very loaded toast. <laughs> yes. I'm for now on, like whenever my girls like totally freak out, like that's a very loaded toast, yes. and I'm gonna wait for them to just sit there and blink at me. <laughs> and am I the only one who was quietly fuming when they made the comparison of when Kate was caressing her baby bump? Oh, versus when Megan was that angered her me. Bump? I remember when. Because I was pregnant Ugh. with Brianna the time that Megan was pregnant. And I remember a coworker even made a comment about like her cradling. And I was like, well, do you think I'm being vain when I hold my, my belly or touch my belly? Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, no. I'm like, well, then how is it any different if Kate Middleton yeah. does it? Since when is there a wrong way or a wrong reason to cradle your baby bump? My hands didn't ever, never left my stomach the entire time and, I was pregnant with and either of my kids. And sometimes even when you, you're not necessarily cradling, you're like trying to like push their foot out of your rib cage. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there might be times where you're trying to like adjust them so you can be yeah. comfortable. And or let, like, or even you're just normally where you would just be holding your hands in front of you. Well, yes. there's a bump there now. So you just happen to be to resting just your hands. hands there. Yeah. Like, oh, she's constantly, t- how vain is she? Blah, blah, blah. But Kate Middleton, she like level. And that's what I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like William, the golden child, who's going to be the next king is married to this. You know, she's the golden daughter-in-law. But yeah. now, oh, look at this vain American yeah, it- person of color that. Like, I know rivalries sell and rivalries are probably more interesting and a better way to sell newspapers than people who get along. In their yeah, but together. stop. But, it, but stop. Stop pitting women against each it other. It makes no fucking sense. And who gives a shit? Especially women that are in their own family together. It's so disgusting. Yeah. On top of that, I was also seething. When Megan said that that story that came out that she they, she had some sort of private meeting with Kate Middleton and Kate Middleton left crying. When yes. really the story was another way around and it wasn't even a fully true story because the story that Megan was saying, it actually happened right before their wedding. Mm-hmm. And Kate apologized. She's like, and I'm not saying this to be despairing. I'm just trying to show you how the media spun it. Yeah. And I mean, what family members haven't made each other cry at some uh-huh. point in yeah. their in their experience? Like yeah. that like I could very we could very easily turn on Kate and be like, Woman, how dare you? I'm not gonna but, turn on her because okay, first of all, weddings are stressful. Yes. And it, it they they like got into some kind of argument or o- over the over color. Bri- over uh like the flower girl dresses or bridesmaid dresses or something. Uh, cut flower girl dresses because I believe Charlotte was one of the the bride the little flower girls. So, 
Yeah, that would. And I guess Kate weird. wasn't approving of whatever the color was, and Megan got upset because we're all emotional it's a very and like that's a lot of pressure yeah and then kate later one she said she apologized by one calling her then she sent her flowers then she wrote her a very nice letter apologizing Mm -hmm. again she's like she did all the things that i would have done if i hurt someone that i care about and i truly believe and then she even said i'm not sharing this to disparage kate she's like i appreciate her i love her you know I'm just trying to set the record straight. And yes. I got that. Like I and even Oprah's like, I feel that from you. Yes. And and so she makes the point that not only was it the other way around that Kate made her cry instead of her making Kate cry, but it came out six months later. And she's like, How can the institution or the communications people not stop that from happening? Yes. Or at least come out and say, No, no, that story is completely inaccurate. And leave and, it at that. You don't have to name names or no. anything. And that's the thing is we, we hear all these different examples and see all these different headlines. But sort of the theme that we keep coming back to is the institution, the people who actually interact for with the public on behalf of the royal family. They are willing to lie for other members of the family, but they're not willing to go out and tell the truth for yeah. Megan. I completely agree with you. And also, you and when we also say the people that speak for the queen, you whenever you hear the news and they're like, Buckingham Palace states or Buckingham Palace releases, I take that as what they call the institution. Yeah. And I even, I naively sometimes tend to think of like, on behalf of Buckingham Palace means that like the queen has written something out and handed it to someone. Not necessarily. No, that's not necessarily true. I mean, every president we've had has had a speech writer, at least in modern presidency, they've had a speech writer and a communications director. Yes. And even, even then I had to, to your point, I had to remind myself that, you know, you get like in a statement from the white house, that's very different from in a statement from the president. Yes. Yeah. Like that's, that's what the white house committees had determined that they're going to release to the public as opposed to what the president is directly saying. And usually when the president is making a statement, he is at the podium and it usually breaks into whatever programming you're watching. And I'm assuming the same thing happens with the queen whenever she's addressing something. So not only are we getting these really negative headlines that seem to be favoring Kate and and, spun in a really bad way, and really putting down Megan, but then we also get into the racist. Oh, oh yes, I was wondering if we were going to get into that. Some of those headlines, oh my god, they were calling her a monkey, and then when she found out she was pregnant, like she now she was pregnant. Did you see that one headline about like it was going to be a monkey child? It. What the fuck is first of all? She is gorgeous. Yes, and nobody should be called a monkey. Like that's disgusting. Why do people do that? No, and then. Not only did they do it, but then they tried to back like I didn't mean anything by it. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. No, no, no. Don't even backtrack it. Like that. We all know what that like that that euphemism is. That politician from West Virginia who called Michelle Obama a monkey in heels several oh, years ago. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, I didn't mean it like that. Like, I, what do you? Oh, how are you supposed yes, to mean it? Like, how are you supposed to mean that? Yeah. Tell me how that's a positive or best even a neutral statement. Well, it's also the same as. Um, a friend of mine posted the article about the 
Papa John's founder, former uh-huh. CEO, who was saying that for the last 22 months, he's been trying to erase the N-word out of his vocabulary. Because that's how he stepped down was because right. he got caught saying it. And I just, and he's like, it's just very hard for me. It's it's part of my vocabulary, blah, blah, blah. And I just wrote, I just wrote on her after under her post, I commented, I was like, how about you just don't say it? Like, how about that? Like, yeah. I'm 38 years old and I have never said it. I might say N word and y'all know what I mean by N word, but yes. I have never said it. And I'm you've like, never said it to anyone or about anyone, I bet. No, I've never inferred it. I've never written it. I, I feel very uncomfortable if I read it in any sort of literature. I remember reading Huck Finn and I was like, holy crap, it's written in here. <laughs> and it's everywhere. And and realizing that that was a better a different time. Um I was about to say better time. It's not a better time. Uh, I'll cut no. that. I'll cut that out. I didn't mean it that way. It, it was a different never, time. Never ever ever a better time. No, I know what you meant. But yeah, so I wrote that like, how about that? Like, how about we just don't say it? But you're saying it because you want a reaction. Let's be honest. People that say crap like that, they want a reaction. And then when it backfires on them, they're like, oh, shit, people don't agree with me. Yeah, that doesn't get into your vocabulary backs. And just like the F uh, gay slur doesn't get into your vocabulary Oh, that's another, that's another, mm, that's another word that doesn't be, that's not another word that's not uttered in my house. No. And whenever anybody has uttered it, I zoop, get out or mm-hmm. don't say that around my children. It will not be tolerated. No. And, anyway. And all this is definitely taking a toll on Megan. You know, just like a lot of people in the public eye, she and Harry try not to read headlines, but it's impossible for some of this stuff. to. Well, and her mom, mom is you. like calling her crying because and I can imagine like I couldn't Im- if anybody wrote something so heinous as they were writing about one of my daughters, mm-hmm. I would be crying and calling and be infuriated. And, you know, they're not reading. Well, the press, well, the institution tells them not to read any of the press. Yeah. Which That's, I think is the one piece of good advice. That yeah. So they, they've kind of kept Megan in a bubble. But then once Megan starts finding out this information by friends, family, mm-hmm. she goes to them and is like, why aren't y'all saying anything? And it's like, oh, well, it would be bad if we, it would look bad mm-hmm. if we try to, like, try to. Like if you even yeah, acknowledge it. Acknowledge or, it or something. Yeah. But and then, then. Go ahead. I, I want to bring up the elephant in the room. Yeah. The reaction that Oprah had when Megan brought up that when she found out she was pregnant, one member of the royal family asked, well, what color, What? how dark will the baby skin be? Yeah. What the actual fuck? I have never seen. Now, now I have watched Oprah from probably the beginning, from mm-hmm. when I was little in the 80s. Never have I ever seen that woman's jaw drop as low as it did when they said that. And this woman, like, I watched the episode way back in the late 80s, early 90s, when she interviewed the the KKK members. Yeah. Um, yeah, she and I remember her just, like, her jaw dropping. And she looked at Megan and she was like, I'm sorry. Say what? It's just, it's one of those things where... That kind of discussion, let's be honest, it was never okay if those kinds of, if and when, because let's be honest, it did, happened back in the day. 
whenever yes. we're calling in the day. What is, what do we want to? I don't even know. Like 70s, pre- pre- 60s, yeah, 40s. It wasn't okay when those kinds of discussions happened ever in history. But the fact that they're still happening now in a time when if you didn't know better then, you damn sure should know better now. And yes. you should know that all that skin tone does not make a goddamn difference. No, it doesn't. And the fact that that is even something that someone feels the need to discuss or that someone is concerned about. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. And, and she said that it was relayed to her from Harry. Like they came to Harry with the concern. They didn't come to her. And I remember, I, I remember pausing the TV because I had to go to the bathroom and I was sitting there thinking like, I'm so glad that I am not in her position because I am such a smart ass. Mm-hmm. I could see myself marching down to whoever that said that mm-hmm. and be like, you know what? Maybe it'll come out fucking rainbow. Mm-hmm. What's it to you? Yeah. Pick a skin color, any color. Or I could even see turning around and going like directly, like making a public statement of like, you know, unnamed person in in the uh, in the royal household has voiced concerns about what color my baby will be. And let me just state, as the mother of this child, it does not matter what color they are. They are a valuable human being and they are my child. And, you know, on and on and on. And Honestly, on. I don't even know if I would do like a true public statement. I would just be, you know, anonymous email sent from somebody in the royal palace. Mm-hmm. It isn't and, hard to uh, sign up for a free email. And just the idea that anyone's yeah. child, grandchild niece um, like nephew anything because they didn't at you know they at that point they didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl like the fact that that would be there would be anything other than joy about the coming of this child like how heartbreaking is that yeah and i will say on the cbs um morning show this morning which is tuesday morning after the mm-hmm. the interview um Oprah did say that off camera, Harry did acknowledge because he wouldn't acknowledge during the interview. He was like, I do not want to say that. And you could tell that he was mad. And I think the reason he didn't want to acknowledge it was because it was just going to fuel the anger even more. Oh, yeah. You could tell that he was like he had like the quiet rage. Like he wasn't trying to save face for the family member. Like he wasn't trying to protect the family member. He was trying to keep the anger in. Yeah. And. Not to mention when Archie grows up someday, like he doesn't he, want that. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want those words on record where his children can can hear them. Yeah, but so so Gail King asked Oprah if mm-hmm. they elaborated off camera, and she said that Harry did say that the Queen and neither okay neither the Queen nor the Duke Prince mm-hmm. Philip said it. Yes, neither one of them asked that. He, they, he said that they have both been loving great-grandparents to mm-hmm. Archie. Good. Um, so now on Facebook, everybody's speculating who could oh, say yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I bet. Um, several people I know that are like, no, I really believe it is Prince Philip. I'm like, you know what? Harry wouldn't lie. And Oprah wouldn't lie. Mm-hmm. I personally think it's Charles, his daddy. Mm-hmm. I could see that. He seems like an arrogant son of a bitch. Oh, and yeah. I'm saying it, and I really think he's a it little... It would not surprise me. It wouldn't me. surprise me. Or Princess um, Anne, because some things on season four of The Crown kind of, you know, steered her, mm-hmm. you know. 
I mean, I know that's an actress's portrayal, but some of the dialogue from that season made me think mm, maybe she's yeah. said it. And she's and she definitely seems a very like cut and dry kind of person. But I don't know. Again, we're speculating. We're speculating, but I just think that Charles <laughs> is just. I know he walked Megan down the aisle because her dad didn't come mm-hmm. for the wedding, but that doesn't. Let me put it this way. As she said, like, what you see in a picture isn't always what it seems. Yes. And so you don't know if he was just doing that for Harry's benefit. And then, like, behind closed doors, he was saying shit. Because there, yeah. there's lots of people who have that duality of life where yeah. you wouldn't think they're a racist and then you're hanging out with them and they start saying stuff. Cause I've had that. I've had some good friends. I'm like, Oh man, I love hanging out with them. And then they say the N word or they make some other derogatory yeah. comment. And or I'm family like, family members. Yeah. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? Well, yeah. Family members. I grew up around it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not as astonished, but I will say as a white person, I am learning that just my silence and like leaving the room when someone says it and not engaging is making me just as complacent. Same. So now I'm trying to speak up mm-hmm. and be like, do not say that word. Yeah. And lately I've been using my kids as the, the fall line, but I find it easier to use them mm-hmm. to say, do not say those words around my children. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like you can't argue that because they're oh, my yeah. children. They're my children. I don't mm-hmm. want you to say that around them. Um, but to like argue like the whole race issue around some people, it, yeah. we would, we would not spend Christmas together. I mean, you know, yeah. so, but yeah, but I'm speaking like friendship, like a new friendship and you wouldn't get that perspective. And then mm-hmm. they say something you're just like, like so, you do the Oprah face, like, yeah, I'm sorry. What? Or you get a couple of drinks in and like the filter comes off. Oh my God. Yes. Oh. I remember working with someone and they were like, I didn't want to go to that, you know, football, basketball game or whatever. And I was like, well, why not? And they were like, yeah, I was thinking that the, the, um, the bleachers would be a little dark and stupid. Oh girl. But stupid naive me was like dark. Do the lights not work? And I probably would have thought the same thing too, if I am completely honest, like my brain does not go there. And she was like, no, I mean, Truer words have never been said. Yeah. And the, you feel shame for some reason you feel shame. And like, she was explaining how she was talking to Prince Harry about it. And she said, I felt shame to tell my own husband that I didn't feel like I needed to live anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started to cry and I'm not going to go deep, deep dive into mm-hmm. um, personal stuff, but I have, battled with but anyway back to the co-worker that said that to me um when i um naively was like what do you mean the lights and mm-hmm. they were like no the uh spectators mm-hmm. and then it still <sighs> took me a second and i finally it hit me and i went <gasps> and i and she was like yeah yeah i was like you mean my <laughs> again naively white girl you mean my people but she was like yes and i said Oh, I'm sorry. What? And not (laughs) someone that I would figure would say something like that. (sighs) Yeah. And it always um, feels like it comes out of left field and you're like, okay, apparently I'm just surrounded by people (laughs) all the time. And then she, this person is not from around here. And uh, when I say around here, like the South and she kind of was 
she made a comment how she was amazed that I had never heard that phrase before being from the South. And I'm like, not, and in my mind, I was thinking not all of us are, are racists. Not all of us think like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think of, wow, this, I mean, like, if you told me, I could see myself now going into, like, a football game and be like, this stadium's a little dark. Be like, oh, damn, the lights are out. Well, I'm not staying. Oh, yeah. It turns into, like, an <laughs> SNL sketch. And all the people around you are like, what's this bitch talking like the lights out? I totally could do this. I'd totally be there. I'd totally be like a the Kristen Wig being like, what? And you turn to the person sitting next to you like, why is he so red? You need some sunscreen. Like, it just, it keeps going, going. Sir, your skin's kind of yellow. You got some mustard on you. Like, oh dear God, I'm going to shut it before I really put my foot in my mouth. Yes, but no, that would be a great SNL sketch. Like, <laughs> the, the, the not racist racist. <laughs> bad i'm so sorry that's a lot of mustard you put on your hot dog that's a lot of mustard it's really are you jaundice <laughs> i'm sorry squa- it's so bad how much squash you eat in a day <laughs> but anyway i, I we just lost half our viewers or listeners i'm so sorry well it doesn't oh. help that we've like almost polished off this bottle of wine I so know. we and me and her both pre-gamed as we called it before we started so and hey yet, and yet as we're talking as we're talking about how you have a couple of drinks with people and their like racist filter comes off notice neither of us are dropping the n-word or the f-word or anything like that in conversations you definitely will not find anything homophobic around here now i might like make a joke that's kind of funny mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna make yeah, fun of it because we are, we are by no means perfect, but we try. We're we really try. And I, as I told Sarah, I was having trouble getting it to the recording to come back up. I have noticed that I am have been complacent in some of my silence because a part of me thought if I just didn't agree with people or if I didn't laugh with the joke, mm-hmm. they would realize that I wasn't agreeing with it same and that that was oh that was just as good as me speaking up and saying that's not right don't say that and Mm -hmm. so now i'm trying to even be better and i'm even like trying to like just use my kids as a way to because some some people i know are a little combative yeah and so it's easier for me to say do not say those words my kids are around i don't want my kids to hear those words Mm -hmm. um and then people really don't say like then they're like oh okay it really is it really is the trump card yeah it really is it's like that's that's my kids and like really you you can't Mm -hmm. argue with me because then it's like i'll leave then if you don't want Mm -hmm. to comply because my kids aren't going to hear it um but as megan's telling like that she's like crying and i i would cry too and like i can't imagine being pregnant mm-hmm. i mean first of all pregnant in the spotlight but pregnant married to a parent prince part of a royal family i've had a lot of wine so i'm starting to slow <laughs> <laughs> my eyes are closing because i'm like i have to focus. i need to focus on the words that i'm saying I really do love you, Meghan Markle. I'm not trying to be bad. 
She totally believes you. Megan's got your back. I so want to be her friend. Megan, call us, please. Like she'd ever listen to this. We love you so much. <laughs> I really want to go. I know you're on the West Coast, but I would love to do a Zoom call. You hold up Archie. I'll hold up Brianna. We'll trade babies. Two redheads together. So cute. Um. By the way, Harry was always my favorite just because... <laughs> Well, and also Harry with the beard, like, and my husband, very similar. I mean, Mark's a blonde, but he has that weird chromosome where he has red facial hair. So he's definitely within one standard deviation of your type. Yes. Very. (laughs) Have I mentioned how good this. (laughs) Yeah, he's not like the direct center of the Venn diagram of your type, but he's with like. One of those circles that has at least a couple of overlaps. I have never said that I would never make it with another gender. It just never happened. I I found myself more towards blondes. Megan, but, we don't have to hang out with Pamela if you're afraid of her trying to come after your husband. You and I, I will just totally chill. <laughs> I will not come after Prince Harry because I have my own man. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying like Mark has that weird chromosome where he has blonde hair yep. but the ginger beard. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they were talking about the kid's skin color, and I know this is nowhere near the same, but I it may it, it harkened back to a memory I had of when I was in the grocery store and Sabrina was a toddler. This woman came up to me and was like, Oh my gosh, she's so beautiful with that pale skin and red hair and blue eyes. And I was like, mm-hmm. Thank you. And then she looked at me dead serious, point blank, and she was like, Where do you, you think she got it from? Woman. And I just stood there and I looked at her like, Are you fuck like she's like mice? I hope you just stared at her I and did. did like grand gesture of like, look at this. I, w- I looked, I, I just kind of like waved towards myself and I was like, I think from me. And she was like, oh, I guess so. And walked off and I'm like, what the fuck? What just happened? What just happened? And of course, Sabrina's just looking at me like, huh? Are we I mean, granted, she is like red, red, red hair. Super red. It's you, far and different. And you at least at this stage are like. Of life. Or like more strawberry blonde. I've always been area. more of the strawberry blondish. So like, I mean, yeah, you should, not exactly a carbon copy, but like, come on. Now, facial <laughs> features, like as she's gotten older, facial features and the freckles and the blue eyes, yes, but yes, she actually has my my um my brother in law has that very. He actually looks a lot like Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense of just the really ginger hair and, and when he does ever have He's a beard. Red beard. Yes. Um, <laughs> and then my dad down the line, there is some Scottish on my dad's side of the family, and there's a few redheads, and they have that fiery red hair that mm-hmm. she, that Sabrina has. And so that is really where she got it from. Mm-hmm. Now I when I because when I was born, I had like golden strawberry hair. Yeah. And it got a little darker, and then it started to get lighter again. It's very mm-hmm. weird. Um, but anyway, I just it just made me think of that, like, where you're just kind of stunned. Like, I mean, because personally, you can look at me and tell that I'm fair-skinned. Mm-hmm. And I have blue eyes. What? This <laughs> <laughs> is brand new information. Let me go out into the sunlight and melt. Oh, 
That's what my my olive toned skin sisters that could tan over anything would be like. You, they told me one time that Twilight would have saved a whole hell of a lot of money on their budget if they just hired me as an extra, because then they wouldn't have to use so much makeup. Sparkle skin. You gleam like the moon. <laughs> I do not sparkle. I burn, and then I'm white again the next day. Actually, what and you're I- not bitter about it at all. Not anymore. I'm almost 39. Why why be bitter about it anymore? Like, who cares? But I tell, I mean, I, I, as I tell people, you know, people, um, I've heard lots of black people say, you know, black don't crack. And I say, well, freckles just speckle. <laughs> so I burn. And then a couple of days later, I have new speckles on me. Yes. And I don't know how this is in relation to Meghan Markle, so I'm so sorry. I might cut it out. The alcohol is making us wander. All right, so we're reeling it back in. Um, so that's to say that all this is happening. She is expecting her first child. She, because of everything that's happening in the press, she's basically being told, like, stay hidden away. Stay out of the public eye. Don't go see your friends. Don't go see other people, basically. Yeah, one member of the royal family, she wanted to just, like, she hadn't left her house in, like, what she say, four months? Something like and that. And she wanted to go have lunch with a friend, and her, the, one of the members of the royal family was like, you can't. You're literally everywhere. And she yeah. was like, I might be everywhere in the press, but I have been nowhere, and I need to yes. get out of this house. And so, like, all the speculation about this, like, stuff ha being talked about behind closed doors about her, the ethnicity of her coming child. Um, the tension. Like, the tension, the fabricated rivalry between her and Kate and the press. You know, some of the other sort of negativity that's coming toward her from the institution. She starts having suicidal thoughts. She becomes very depressed. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, I, I cried. I almost did. I felt very deeply for her because I had postpartum anxiety and it was probably bordering on depression, but I was so deeply related to her in that moment of the hardest thing to do in that moment is to admit that you need help and then to go ask for it. That is some severe chronic depression majority of my life mm -hmm. um and i know that shame i also was very very pregnant with aurora and dealt with prenatal depression so mm -hmm. i could i could put myself in her shoes in that moment as far yes. as feeling um being heavily pregnant and not wanting to feel like I want to live anymore. Mm -hmm. And I even remember a conversation I had with Mark where I said, I will not do anything to harm her, but I can't guarantee after she's born. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, and I think he did what like Prince Harry did where he was scared and he was yeah. worried, but instead of like just trying to fix me, he just listened. Yeah. Now, I was seething when she said she went to get help from the institution. And they're like, no, that would look bad in the press. Yeah, that made me And then even Harry, furious. even Harry went 
yeah. and asked, my wife needs help. And they said, no, um, she can't leave. She can't go somewhere because then people will speculate. And he just said he felt like history repeating himself because if you, if you may not remember, but they're in the interview Prince Di- Princess Diana gave like the year before she died she talked about when she was married to Prince Charles that she had suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. that I think she even tried to attempt suicide at one point and he did not want history repeating himself and he even clarified he was like if anybody's wondering I mean my mother yeah Um. and she really is like the ultimate cautionary tale of what could happen when when someone is not given support in that environment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I will say when I was younger and I finally admitted that I needed help, um, the people I admitted it to did not know how to help me, but did not really get me the help that I needed just because they were kind of not mm-hmm. sure what to do. So I understand how Megan felt when she said that she went somewhere and she needed help. And they were like, no. Because think about what mm-hmm. other people would think. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to shame my parents here. But they didn't know what to do with their 17-year-old daughter admitting yeah. some scary thoughts. Um, But they were worried about what our small town people would think so i didn't get the help i needed at that time i'm so sorry that's okay i'm not blaming them yeah. i've forgiven them for that and this is not to excuse or pardon them in any way but on one hand you could at least say okay you know an average family with average knowledge and average resources versus an institution that has all the money and accesses and resources in the world. What and I did, say yes. no. What I yeah, them saying no, they could have had someone discreetly come mm-hmm. to the to wherever her cottage. Yeah. And provide therapy. I mean, tell me. I mean, if the, she had the flu, mm-hmm. when she would go for her OB appointments, I guarantee the OB came to her. Yeah. Like, the press wasn't in all of that business. Not mm-hmm. all the time. They might speculate. Then how is it any different than a psychiatrist coming? Nobody needs to know it's yeah. a psychiatrist. And this is super dark, but, like, what looks worse? Someone getting psychiatric help that they clearly need? Or someone harming themselves. someone has, is harming themselves or committing suicide? And then people finding out that. You knew about it and did nothing, nothing to help them. Like Princess Diana with her bulimia. Yeah. And she also self-harmed. She yeah. admitted. It's it's like so many things that come out. Like, you know, the scandal with U.S. gymnastics. That oh, they knew that Larry mm. Nassar was. And that other coach who recently committed yeah. suicide when he got indicted. Yeah. Assaulting so many young women. And like. Ooh, we can't let this get out because this will look bad. Well, what looks worse that, you know, there was someone in your, in your ranks, but then you found out about it and you dealt with them yeah, or that you knew about it for years and continued to cover it up because you didn't want to deal with it. Yeah. And they were also saying that, you know, sometimes they were like, oh, well, it may not be considered rape because they 
you know, penetrate it with their fingers or something like that. If you're having to make those distinctions. Something's wrong. It's like, yeah, nothing good is happening. (laughs) But no, I agree with you. But I think a lot of people don't think that way. Like we think. I think a lot of people are like, what's it going to do to me? Why are people so bad at everything? (laughs) Um, I will. Let me just preface. I'm going to. I'm going to um, just say one thing about my parents. My parents have now changed. Mm-hmm. We talk. Um, my mom actually, like, as of, like, a couple of years ago, actually asks me how therapy's going. She asks me if I still see my psychiatrist. She Good. asks me how my medication's going. Um because she has seen the highs and the deep really lows. And she saw it when I was pregnant with Aurora and she was very scared for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that shows really tremendous growth on their part. Oh, trust me. I told my therapist. I was like, my mom actually asked last week how my therapist session went. Yeah. Because she had like called me and asked me if I wanted to have lunch. This was several years ago. And I said, well, I can't. I'm actually heading towards my counseling session. And she's like, oh, okay. Well, I hope it goes well. And then the next day she texts me. and was like, well, how did it go? Are you still going every week? And I'm like, this is not the mother that I grew up with. Like, we don't talk. Like, I grew up with, like, anyway. So I I can't. And let me just say also, I don't understand that she went to someone. She was like, what, maybe six, seven months pregnant. Yeah. And she's talking about ending her life Mm -hmm. she's that depressed she's that stressed out and she's pregnant and i know that archie is further down the line as the heir to the throne but Mm -hmm. still he's still a member of this royal family and you're gonna say no and the thing that i'm suddenly realizing is and i talk about this a little bit but not the specific topic i'm suddenly wondering how many other members of the royal family have come to different members of the institution over the years and said, I need help? And they've gotten the same answer. It makes me wonder. I know I'm I know Diana did and no one would help her. Yeah, and it it's this this can't be the first time. It's if you're scary. In the, in the, if you're just a normal human being, there's already a chance that you're gonna need this type of help because it's much more common than people think. But if you are in the public eye, yeah, it feel like, I feel like it amplifies that even more. I'm like, how many have they just gone to the point where this is the standard answer? Yeah. And not only that, but then Megan was going into like people, you know, how some of the people in the press were saying, well, she should have, she was prepared for this. And she's like, no, I wasn't. She's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. She was saying like, she didn't know if Kate had, had gone to like princess classes but she didn't she's like i was literally google searching stuff on the internet to figure out how nobody taught me anything and oprah seemed really was like astonished about that she was like no she was like you know i think she's like harry taught me how to curtsy like five minutes before i met the queen like no one prepared me for any of this like i did not know the national anthem i had to google the lyrics to god save the queen and like try to memorize them and like learn the different hymns for the anglican church for their wedding ceremony no one gave that to her like no one threw her a lifeline to help make sure that she didn't embarrass herself. Yeah, or and I don't know the if I don't know if they anything. helped. I don't know if they helped Kate Middleton out with that, but it almost seems like they did. So I yeah. almost wonder if that's a race thing too. I don't know. 
I'd be, I'd be curious to hear Kate's side of the story on that one. Yeah, too. and then when it comes to Archie, they just decided, well, he's not going to get a prince title. Even though all the other grandchildren and great-grandchildren that have thus been born. Yeah, that's a... Have gotten prince That's and a fucking prince, red flag to me. Like, like um, Prince Andrew and Sarah Ferguson's daughters. We were talking about Eugenie. Mm-hmm. And... Beatrice, they're both princesses. Yeah. Um, Princess Anne's children, Mm -hmm. they're also prince and princesses. They all are. And they're also dukes and duchesses and whatevers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like she was saying, like, it didn't matter to her. But the fact that this is Prince Harry, you know, the grandchild of the queen, why wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. or she you know and then she was just like okay well then don't call him a prince or a princess and then they're like well if they don't get it then they don't get security and she's like why wouldn't you give my child security yeah like this there's it just there the was a snowball just, yeah exactly and it's it really the title is kind of why i have a hard time saying it was all the institution really fucking this up because that's why Let I me say, tell I you, think... the institution does not get to decide who does or doesn't get a title. No, that's up to the main people. Yeah. That's why I still think it's Charles. I just do. Yeah. I, I will say I, I did, it did really make me smile to hear about some of the really happy memories that Megan has from being with the queen and oh, she moments th- where she oh. invited her to come with her to public appearances and they had like. Oh, that train ride where they had like Where they tea. shared the little blanket because like, oh, you're cold. Here, have some blanket. <laughs> like, and that she gave her a gift. She gave her some like pearl earrings and a matching necklace and just, you know, the kinds of things that. A woman would do when she's trying to welcome her grandson's wife into their family. And she said that they actually have regular Zoom calls. Yeah. Like almost on the daily so that the queen can see Archie. Like she really is a doting grand mm-hmm. great-grandmother. And actually the day after the interview, Oprah came over to Megan and Harry's mm-hmm. home and like they're kind of out in the yard but they're they have chickens and different animals and they're out there together. I love it. I love it. And she's and Megan has a heart for rescuing animals and yes. I just was again I just want to hang out with I her. just want to hang out with Megan. I want I rescue animals too. Like let's be friends. Yeah. And they're and she's talking about how actually now that they're kind of Away. cut off from all the formalities that it's actually much easier just to communicate on a more real level with not all members, but certain definitely with the queen of like, Oh, Hey, we heard that Prince Philip was in the hospital. Yeah. So we, I called her and just let her know that we're thinking about her and asking if everything is okay. And like, it sounds like that was something that really wasn't possible back when they had to go through all the different layers of communication and all the different secretaries of secretaries of secretaries. But isn't that weird? Do you yeah. not feel that weird? Like I would think that if I was in the circle yeah. that I could just pick up the phone and call the queen and be like, how's he doing? Yeah. But being outside the circle, you don't have to go through the layers. Isn't that, I just feel like that's yeah. like the exact opposite of what you would think. Yeah. That's part of why it stood out to me. 
and and we, she said it was kind of refreshing that way yeah. that she and that she could actually call the queen directly and like zoom call with her and i'm like really mm -hmm. but you couldn't do that if when you were a senior member of the family yeah and uh, we're we're not gonna have time to get all into all the ins and outs of the yeah because we're also really getting There's, drunk here <laughs> again our mini so is probably gonna be twice as long as our regular episode because that's how we roll So all this basically builds up to Megan is has com is confessing to her husband, I'm having suicidal thoughts. You can't leave me alone. I can't be left alone and I need help and I'm not getting it. So he also starts petitioning on her behalf saying, I, we need to get help for her. And he's also facing roadblocks. And so all this kind of starts building up and they realize in order to keep her safe, in order for our family to keep thriving, we need a change. Yeah. And that's when they start having the discussion. And this is a long discussion of let's maybe move, move back from full-time royal family members meaning like the duties that come from that yeah they, so position. they call it they call it senior members yes to not necessarily junior members i forgot what they called it but it's more basically of like, the equivalent of part-time yeah basically yeah. part-time you know yeah like you are it's basically where like if the you, queen can't make it where you can be called upon at yes. any time to like step in and do something on behalf of the queen but your your day-to-day -day, you do not have as many responsibilities they do have a job but they still they still live on like some royal grounds and yeah there are many other royal families who live under yes. the same sort of position yes we could name them all actually many, we've many, named many, we've many. actually named some of them already you mm -hmm. know um yeah yeah many of the princes and princesses and yep. their spouses and their children mm -hmm. yeah all that stuff yep. so that's so basically this is all done as a as a move to get Megan's mental health back in a good place. And that, this is all right before Archie is born. Yes. Um and to help basically help them thrive and live healthily as a family and thank God Harry definitely saw the parallels between the struggles she was having and the struggles that his mother Mom, had because yeah. unlike unlike charles he was empathetic to his wife's plight and didn't want to see history repeat itself he didn't want to see her suffer he didn't want to see his children suffer and they decided that they need to make some changes but of course this was all painted in the media as Megan is this master she, manipulator. She orchestrated this from the beginning from when they were dating, which is stupid. Who like has she's, the time? Who has the energy to orchestrate things? Well, she even said that. She was like, who was who would to say that when we began speaking to each other that I was going to marry him? Like, she's like, I'm not. I mean, I think she even said that she did. She's not even that like great of a planner herself to come up with something <laughs> right? like that. 
you know, like who has the energy, who has the thought to do that? She's Mm -hmm. like, she didn't even know much about the royal family to begin with. So how would she even know that she could weasel her way into the royal family and then like sway? And what's so funny is Harry's like kind of giggling as they're discussing it um, off to the side. Like, like, how can you even... Like, like, how could I even mastermind something when, and she even said when I didn't even really have that much control. Like once you start dating a royal, you don't really mm-hmm. do that. And she said, plus, you know, you, um, you, sur- she was saying, I surrendered everything. Like you surrender your car keys, your passport, everything. I was just thinking about that. Yeah. So it's not just a matter of, it's sort of like, it reminds me of people when they're talking about like women or even men in abusive relationships. Like, why don't they just leave? Like, there are so many other factors at play that you, it's not just a matter of leaving. Yeah. And, and like, for them, it wasn't just a matter of, why don't you go just like, go to the doctor on your own? Like, she kind of couldn't. She couldn't. She couldn't for she was many so reasons. beholden to other people. Well, and he, Harry even, when I say he, I mean Harry, he even touched on, you know, the relationship between him and his father and him and his brother, William. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, they're trapped. And he said, even I was trapped. And he and Oprah, I love how Oprah was like, do you think meeting Megan saved you since you were feeling trapped? And he's like, absolutely. She saved me. Mm -hmm. And then she was saying, and then Megan says, well, he saved me. And Archie, Mm -hmm. because if he didn't speak up and say, I'm not letting history repeat itself, we might not be here. We might not be together. That's why it's the best kind of fairy tale. Where it's like that, when people say like, does true love really exist? That's true love. When you are willing to... I mean, no one likes family conflict, but when you see something mm-hmm. completely unhealthy happening with your partner mm-hmm. and you bend over backwards to make it better. Yeah. Um, I think that was just insanely brave was yeah. stepping away from this whole life he grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, but I'm just... I mean, his, he, he said Prince Charles stopped taking his calls, like, which now he says mm-hmm. his dad and him are, are talking, but there's a lot of hurt. And I got that it was probably more hurt from Harry's perspective. Yeah. And it also sounds like there's a little bit of distance between Harry and his brother. William, which I can, I kind of get that because as you said, he's, I know Charles is the future queen, but, you know, William is also being you know, groomed, groomed for that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think there point, has can to we be... just like skip over Charles and be like, go away. I've, I don't know where you, I don't remember if you were the person I was talking to about that. Like there have been rumors that they want to skip over him. We did. We talked about that in the, yeah, Queen, Mother the episode. Queen Mother episode. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's like, no, you're not going to. And what, well, first of all, they say, well, is she going to retire? Because at her age, was she 95, 96? Yeah, she couldn't up there. And she's like, I'm not retiring. Mm-hmm. Now she has, and the reason the rumors have happened is because she's given up some extra duties to Charles. Right. 
Um, but then the royal palace says that that is her trying to give him, like, I guess, prepare him for those duties. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the public w- would rather see a much younger king than Charles. But Charles mm-hmm. is like, oh, hell no, I've been waiting this long. I'm going to be fucking king is basically what I've read. Which on one hand... I'm not that afraid. I don't, I don't blame him. But on the other hand, like, you're kind of a dick. Go away. I'm not really surprised. I really could see him. I could really hear him say that. But anyway. Oh, yeah. Just, I'm sorry. I've read. Wow, his work. I have read <coughs> so many different biographies and reports on him. And they all have a similar tone. Almost that I, no one has anything good to say about him. I can't. I can't believe. And I'm. And I. And what's bad is I love Prince William and Prince Harry. Yeah. And I think that their kind-heartedness comes from their mother. And I. I have to say, I think also from the Queen as well. Yeah. You know. Anyway, um, I just feel for them. Like, they literally, their life just kind of imploded. Like, really, they said, all we did was we went to the queen, we went to the institution, and we said, we're just going to step back part-time. And then from there, it was like, you're not going to have security, Archie's not going to get a title, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, they just started getting stripped of things left and right. And then they got cut off financially. Yeah. And they've only been living off of what Diana left Harry Mm-hmm. And I mean, they're industrious people, so they're yeah, they're definitely already... finding a, finding ways of earning a living and things like that. So they're they're at this point, they don't seem to be worried about that. But it's more of okay, why are we being treated differently, yeah, differently. from other people who are? Why did it come to this? Is essentially yes. where, and like even they are one. Like no one else has been put in this position before. And they even, because eventually um, Prince Harry joins them in the interview and we get a lot of additional clarification on several different things. But, you know, Oprah asks very bluntly, you know, did you blindside the queen? No, No. they didn't. This is something that was in the works for a long time. They had it in writing. They, this was not something they were like, oh, by the way, we're doing this. Bye. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't over a phone call. It wasn't over a Zoom call. It was face-to-face. Yes. And it was actually conversations they had while Megan was still pregnant with Archie. Yeah. This has been ha- this happened over a course of, like, more than a year, these and discussions. And the press spun it as, like, it was a sudden thing. Mm-hmm. And what they were saying is that no one spoke up and said, no, it wasn't. This is something that was going on for a period of six or seven months. Exactly. They would... Again, it goes back to that statement of they would, the institution would basically spread lies on behalf of other people, but they wouldn't speak out with the truth on behalf of Megan. Yeah. Yeah. But, and that's kind of where we, kind of where we end. We, we end with the, the question of, do you have any regrets? Generally, Harry says no, because he's glad that he did whatever he needed to do to protect his family. And he feels free. He yes. actually says he feels free. And I think, again, it go- it always goes back to the crown. Watching the crown and seeing that kind of environment, it, it was not hard for me to understand. That stifling feeling. Yeah, that feeling of feeling trapped, even if it's in a lavish 
privileged environment mm-hmm. of feeling trapped. Like, oh yeah, I get that. And uh, and Megan says her only regret is believing the institution when they said that they would protect her in the beginning when she was dating Harry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And oh, do yeah. you have a follow up? If my drunk eyes can read it properly, I believe in you. <laughs> If my drunk ears can actually absorb it, we'll see what happens. <laughs> okay, so when I was telling um, you, Sarah, <laughs> oh, yeah. who are you? What's your name again? Wow, this is the most tipsy we've been on air in a while. <laughs> oh God! Yes, I'm so happy. Um, so I was scrolling. I had to take breaks for this during watching this interview because I was just one. I was either like super emotional because let me also say that it's super brave that she admitted that she had suicidal thoughts, that it was scary and that she actually said them out loud and bravo to Oprah for saying that is the bravest thing that you can do. Absolutely. That is the truth. And for bringing mental health, to the forefront and Mm -hmm. and saying like i felt ashamed and you shouldn't feel ashamed and uh, and also bravo to oprah for saying you shouldn't feel ashamed yes we have to get rid of that stigma we just Mm -hmm. have to okay absolutely so i had to take breaks during that so when i did i i went on facebook just to you know do my random scroll and my news ticker came up that uh so it says queen elizabeth responds to Meghan markle and prince harry's oprah interview Mm -hmm. and the uh, byline is concerning, concerning in quotes, issues were raised. Mm-hmm. So it says here, Harry, Megan, and Archie will always be much loved family members, reads a statement from Buckingham Palace on Tuesday. Now, this is from people, so I'm just going to read it straight. So I'm reading this verbatim off of here just because I'm too drunk to paraphrase. <laughs> Buckingham Palace has responded to Meghan Markle, Prince Harry's revealing interview with Oprah Winfrey. The whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan, reads the statement, which was released on Tuesday by Buckingham Palace on behalf of the Queen. So again, I wonder how much is this Queen Elizabeth or is this the institution? The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning, the statement continued. While some recollect while some recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. AKA they're trying to spin it as, oh, we don't remember it that way. That that, that rings very true of those apologies. Like, I apologize if you took my statements differently than i meant them like that's not an apology that's not an apology i'm sorry that you were offended yeah i'm sorry if you couldn't understand what i was saying yeah like, yeah fuck you there's a, there's a little bit more harry megan and archie will always be much loved family members as i said in the beginning with it so it says a palace source stresses to people that at the heart of this is a family and they should be given the opportunity to discuss the issues raised privately as a family agreed yes the family and their aides have been in crisis talks for much of the last two days as they formulate a response to the interview which was watched by more than 17 million viewers in the u.s on sunday and 11 million viewers in the uk on monday Mm. 
it has been important for us to carefully consider any response before issuing, the source tells people. And of course, releasing something today meant viewers in the UK had the opportunity to watch the interview if they wished to first. During the interview, Megan said she was silenced by the institution, adding she was denied help when she was suffering a mental health crisis and that there were concerns and conversations about how dark Archie's skin might be when he's born, voiced by a member of the royal family. Although they didn't want to name the, the royal they didn't want to name the family member. Oprah said Monday on CBS This Morning that it was not either of Harry's grandparents, Queen Elizabeth or Prince Philip. Mm-hmm. With Palace, the Queen. Um, <laughs> We're both so over it. <laughs> I've had so much wine. We both had the piece so I, bad. Yes. And I have been fiddling with our other recording system and it's been a pain in my ass. So I pulled up a different one. Um, so the queen issued that they would not be coming back as working royals. They would be stripped of certain titles. Harry was being stripped of certain mili- honorary military titles, which kind of pissed me off because he was active combat, but whatever, that's his mm-hmm. grandmother. Um, and that was released like the next day after the Oprah, after the Oprah yeah. interview was taped. And that so, was already planned. That, it was like, planned. It wasn't done like as a... Like, even when they were talking Result. to Oprah, they said they've already had the discussions, papers had already been signed, like, the decision yeah. has been made, you know, they weren't gonna say it, but, yeah. So, wrapping everything up, I yeah. want to say that they look really friggin' happy. They really just wanted yeah. to set the record straight. Like, I truly saw that it wasn't throwing anybody under the bus, it wasn't mm-hmm. slinging mud. Because they had plenty of opportunities to if oh, they wanted to. they could have. They could have named so many people and said yes. so much stuff, but they didn't. They really just wanted to be like, this is how it was spun, but this is what really happened. Yeah. This is our story, this is what we know to be true, and we just want to put it out there. And bravo to Harry for not letting history repeat itself, yes. for sticking up for his wife and his child mm-hmm. and doing what he thought was best. And obvi- yes. and so far it looks like it is. And they have a company now called Archwell mm-hmm. for mental health issues and other um, charities. And then they also have some upcoming streaming services with Spotify and Netflix, which I'm kind of excited about. I am too, because one of one of the things that they initially bonded over was both of them were working for several different charities and several important organizations. Yeah, like s- similar, yeah, charities. Yes. So I I'm just super excited to see both of their work continue in those areas and Mm -hmm. especially now they have a bigger platform than ever to really try to make a difference for people yes i'm yeah i'm completely stoked and yeah sort of just what we were talking about earlier this they everyone sort of imagines that marrying a prince is like the fairy tale come true but when you finally find someone who is willing to give up like their privileges in life in order to help you be safe and help your family thrive like that's the real kind of fairy tale that is worth holding out for that's love that is actual love when someone is sticking up for you Mm -hmm. for your health for your well-being that is love 
when someone is being there for you when it's not convenient to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not telling when you to suck it up and just smile for the pictures like mm-hmm. they did to Diana in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So if you haven't watched it, do go watch it. You can watch the entire interview by, I believe, downloading the CBS app and yeah. then watching it for free. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently I did not watch the extra. Oh, I just I'm so drunk. I like went to the microphone. <laughs> Um, I did not watch the extra stuff that Oprah couldn't fit into the two-hour interview. So I think that's mm-hmm. on there as well. Yes. If you want to. Yeah. So I got a ton out of it as just a woman, a human being, and a mother. And it it yes. really is a fabulous interview. I did. I wasn't like weeping, sobbing, crying, but my tears did roll down my cheeks. It really did, and I don't even know how young I was when I first watched it. So I was like eight or nine. It gave me flashbacks to watching Barbara Walters interview Michael Jackson back in the day, mm. and really feeling like you're getting that sort of like really real insight into what someone's life is like. Even though Michael Jackson, in many ways, is a pile of garbage. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but I watched. I actually. It made me think of the Princess Diana interview. Yes. I actually watched that with my mom. I stayed up late and watched yeah. the Martin Bashir interview. And I haven't actually watched that. I need to. I remember crying with her. Yeah. Um, and that was, I think it was like, what, 1995? It was the year before she died. Yeah. Um, when she was talking about self-harming. Yeah. That was like my dirty little secret. Yeah. And I hadn't told family yet. And I feel like it's so rare to have that combination of someone who really wants to put their truth out there and having a journalist and an interviewer who, you know, will do right by them. Legitimately. Yes. And we'll, we'll ask the tough questions, but we'll do it in such a way that... You know, they're not, they're not trying to get you. They're trying to actually just find the truth. Those are so rare and they're so deep felt and refreshing and heartbreaking all at the same time. Because it's that's when those really hard, ugly truths do come out. But they're the ones that are yeah. important to hear. Yeah. And bravo to Oprah when they said, we don't want to name this specific person. She's like, fair enough. And yeah. she leaves it at that. She was... Like if you watch this, if nothing else, if you want a master class in how to be a badass interviewer, interviewer. like a top communicator. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, mm, I was all about all the humans in this interview. It was amazing. Yes. And I love all their animals they've rescued. And... Yeah. So the puppies and the chickens and everything. Oh, makes me think I just want to go home and hold yes. my little doggy and kitty, my and rescues. Archie. And Archie on the beach throwing the ball for the dogs. <laughs> just, like I said, so I want cute. to be friends with Meghan Markle so I can hold up Brianna and like Archie be like, can they be friends over Zoom? Megan and Harry, we love you. We support you. And we're glad that everything is going well with your family right now. Yes. Much support and love. And on that note, our mini-sode is twice as long (laughs) as any other episode we've done. We're drunk and we need to pee. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, need to, go so I need to go eat something so I can dry out because I have a feeling my husband's going to see my text message and be like, dear God, do not drive home right now. And don't worry, I'm not going to because I have probably bumped my face into the mic like 20 times. Deep, deep, deep. I just did. So until next time, we're going to go pee and I'm Sarah Duncan. <laughs> And that's Pamela Marcadiz. <laughs> yeah, bye. <laughs> bye. Thank you so much for listening. Our theme music is by Yov Aliagon. Be sure to check out the Motherhood on Tap page on Facebook. If you enjoyed today's episode, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. It really helps to get the word out about the show. You can subscribe and follow Motherhood on Tap on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and most other podcast apps. If you have questions or funny stories, you can email us at motherhoodontap at gmail.com. Partner with us on patreon.com for special bonus episodes and help keep this podcast and the two of us in business. Till Til next, next time. time.